0: Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain. Remember to tune into my other podcast, Love and Abuse, over at loveandabuse.com. Over there, I talk about how to deal with the difficulties in any of your relationships, loveandabuse.com. I think you'll find it very helpful. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day, you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really wanna be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani, and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. I should add something to that. I should add the ability to communicate effectively with many people because uh, sometimes it's a little difficult to communicate with some people, and we talk about that on this show too. And uh, everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. And today's going to be a grab bag show. I'm going to try to go through a bunch of emails lightning fast. I don't know if I'll get to two or three or four. Uh, Sometimes I end up on one for a while, but um, I'm just going to see what I can do with these. I get a lot of emails and um, they pile up and I like to take care of them and sometimes throw an episode like this together. So this will be, like I said, sort of a grab bag episode. And let me just get right into it. The first email... It uh, comes from someone who said, I listened to your podcast of April of last year on purging negative emotions as soon as they happen. I loved it, and it really hit home. To me, it's about being your authentic self. And she explained some stuff, which was great, Some her history and her background. And she continued and said, as a mom myself, I seem to remember being affectionate, but as they became older, I found myself with those awkward types of moments that you describe in that episode like your pulled-back handshake with your friends. I've never said I love you as a phone call goodbye like I hear so many people do. I find it awkward, but I also find it even more awkward to end a phone call with something like, okay, talk to you later. There has to be another way with my daughter. I'm actually determined to talk to her soon about this awkwardness so I can purge it. Um. Anyway, thank you for the topic and all the other topics that you cover. Thank you so much for sharing this. And let me explain a little bit because um, there is some stuff that she said that you may not know. I had an episode called, it might have been called Purging Your Emotions or or something like that. Um, I'm sure it was a longer title. But um, back then, she's describing an episode that I created. After I met with a friend, we went to a Panera bed and we had some lunch and we were talking about business and things like that. And um, as we were leaving, I went for a handshake And I'm trying to recall what happened. I went for a handshake, and he started to give his hand, and then he just gave me a hug. I mean, we hug all the time. It's not a big deal. But it was just a weird moment. It felt awkward. It felt like I was left hanging for a second. And you probably know what I mean. Like You go to high-five someone, or you handshake someone, or you go to hug someone, and maybe they're not paying attention, or maybe they have a different intention, and they do something else, and so you're... It's kind of a cognitive dissonance, and you're like, uh, what do I do? And uh, so that happened, and I uh, went in my car, and he went in his car, and he left, and I'm sitting in my car thinking, I hate this awkward feeling. Why do I have this awkward feeling? So I, I recalled just the moments before when I went for the handshake and how we didn't have a handshake, but now I have this negative feeling inside of me, and I don't know how to get rid of it. So I was stuck there thinking I teach how to get rid of negative emotions. I talk about emotional triggers. I talk about the stuff that builds up inside of you that stays in there and it festers. So here I am sitting with something that feels like it's festering inside of me and thinking about all the tools that I share on the show and you know all the techniques that I could probably use. And then I thought, well, what would be the fastest easiest way? to purge this lingering negative emotion. So that thought came to mind and I thought, well, you know, I could just scream out loud. I could just punch something, but it wasn't that kind of emotion. It was just this awkward feeling, it didn't feel good. And so I decided, you know, what would happen if I called my friend and I said, hey, when we were saying goodbye, I went for a handshake and you decided to hug instead and it made me feel awkward. I thought, what would happen if I said that? So I visualized it, and I teach that on the show every now and then. Just visualize you doing something, and what do you feel after you do that in your mind? And that's what I did. So I said, okay, I'm going to visualize this in my mind. I'm going to call my friend, I'm going to say, hey, look, when we were about to shake hands, and then you pulled back, and then we hugged, and we said goodbye, at that moment, I felt a little off. It felt a little weird, and it felt a little fake, and I just wanted to share that with you. So I visualized me saying that, and of course, he's my friend. So he's going to say, oh, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, I didn't mean for you to feel that way, and of course, I'm not blaming him, but I'm in that moment thinking this is what he would say in my mind's eye if I did this. And because he's my friend, we're going to have an understanding. It's just going to be something that we talk about, it gets cleared, and then we can move on without even thinking another thing about it. And so I visualized that and I felt better after visualizing it. That wasn't the solution, but it was darn close because I still had this awkward feeling. It was still there. I didn't actually do what I was visualizing. So I decided to do it. I forget if I called him or texted him. I I did something and I said, hey, you know, when we had that handshake and just like my visualization, I told him what happened and told him how I felt. And he goes, oh my God, thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, I, I totally get that you would feel that way. And I forget if he said he felt that too or something, but I went through the action and told him what I felt. And he said, oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And everything was good. And yes, the awkward feeling went away. I cleared the air. I got it out. I put it on the table and I said, hey, look, this is what's happening inside of me. I want to talk about it i want to get it on the table and discuss this not even discuss it just express this i want to let you know this is how i feel and that brought closure i didn't have to carry that awkward feeling with me anywhere from that point on and i remember all the times that i used to carry the awkwardness or the anxiety or the weirdness or Whenever something happened, I I might feel a certain way, and I would carry that with me instead of discussing what just happened. So I've learned that now when I have this awkward feeling, I want to bring it up. And it's not just awkwardness. It could be any weird feeling. But I think it's important to remember that when we have a weird feeling, especially with a, a good friend of ours or our partners or... Anyone, a coworker, maybe, if you had that kind of relationship where you can say, Oh, that was kind of strange. I feel kind of weird that that just transpired. Did you have that feeling too? Half the time you might get yes. Half the time you might hear somebody say, I don't know what you're talking about. But that's okay. So you bring it up, you know, if it's important to you, if you don't want to carry this feeling, to put it on the table and say, I just wanted to express this and it was awkward for me. And I don't know if there's a resolution to this, but it just felt awkward. And it could lead to a conversation or it could be nothing. But the way I look at this is that you are giving your emotion a voice. You're giving the feeling inside of you a voice. Because I think what happens is we carry around negativity when we don't give these feelings and these thoughts and emotions. We don't give them a voice. We don't let them express themselves. And so they stay in us. And it's even weird saying that, like we're giving our emotion a voice. but. This is valid. It does work. I was able to try it and relieve myself. That sounds weird. (laughs) But I was relieved after I gave my emotion a voice, after I expressed what I was feeling. It was gone. So this is what this person's talking about. She said, I listened to that podcast. And I, I told this story back then, so I, I'm sorry if this is a repeat, but I think it's good to recall and discuss again because this can be helpful to you. I mean, you might have awkward moments with people you love, and instead of just bringing it up and say, Oh, that was awkward, or that was strange, or hey, you know, what we just talked about, I'm having feelings about it. Can we can we talk about those feelings? I think that's a good thing to do. So that you don't carry them around with you. Again, if they're negative, if they're positive, you know, you can say that too. You can talk about them, but, you know, we like the positive stuff. We just don't like the negative stuff. We just don't like feeling bad. So this bad feeling comes up and you can choose to put it on the table, express what's going on inside of you, and hopefully get it out of your system. It may not, it may not fully get it out of your system but it's going to be a lot closer getting it out of your system processing it releasing it than leaving it in there leaving it in there it's imprisoned it feels like it can't go anywhere it's just stuck in there and hopefully it will come out in some other way and hopefully not through some bad habit like we swallow our emotions with alcohol or food or some other bad habit and we never deal with them and they stay in there and uh where do they go? They don't leave. They're still in there. It worries me when they stay in there because how many are we piling on on top of that because we never dealt with the first one or the second one or the 100th one. So we have to be careful about that. So um I got to make this a grab bag episode so I'm going to hurry this up. <laughs> we got the second part of her email which is her saying, uh, it's awkward to end a phone call with something like, okay, talk to you later. Or like she said, I, I was never comfortable or I never said I love you as a phone call goodbye. Um, and yeah, they, this would be great to have a conversation in this person's case with her daughter. Hey, you know what? It's weird. I, I, I don't know what to say when we say goodbye. Do I just say, hey, see you later? Or sayonara. (laughs) Or, you know, what do we say when there's an awkward moment instead? I think this is the best thing you can do is to put it out on the table. I mean, I told the story before, but I was in a roundtable discussion with a group of consulting hypnotists. This is after I got certified as a hypnotist. I... Talked with other hypnotists, and we all shared techniques, and we shared uh, training and education. So we were doing a roll call. Uh, oh, not a roll call, but an introduction. We were introducing ourselves, and they started off to I think my right, and so I watched every person introduce themselves. Hey, my name is so and so. I do this, and I work here, and I do this, and I watched these people introducing themselves. And as it was getting closer and closer to me, I started feeling anxious. I started having this anxiety come over me. And I was like, why the heck am I feeling anxious? This is weird. This is a simple thing. I'm going to introduce myself. But it was happening. I was feeling this anxiety. Three people away. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Two people away. Oh, my God, the anxiety is building. One person away to my left. That person's introducing themselves, and I know I'm next. So here I am feeling all this anxiety now, and I know that when I speak, I'm going to be uh, hesitant or stuttering or something and just try to get through it, try to muddle through it, and try to sound professional. I don't know what it was. I, I thought I had to sound better than everyone else or as good as everyone else. I don't know what it was. It was some insecurity in me. something coming up. So then it was my turn, and I decided... I'm going to nip this. I'm going to take care of this emotion right now. So I was even practicing this before last year because I remember doing this several years, maybe 10 years ago, something like that, a long time ago. And I decided that instead of just introducing myself, I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to put myself on the table. I'm going to put this out for discussion or give me a chance to express what's going on inside of me by just putting that feeling out. And so this is what I did. I said, you know, as I watched everyone introduce themselves, I started getting more and more anxious. And as it got closer to me, I felt the most anxious. And I don't even know why I felt this way, but I just wanted to share that with you. And I don't know why I feel anxious, but I wanted to share that with you just so I could express it, just so I could um, maybe put it out there, and maybe other people could relate to that or resonate with it. And um, somebody broke the ice and said, you know, we are all hypnotists, and we could probably help you out with that. And everyone laughed, and I laughed, and I suddenly felt great. I suddenly felt good. And, of course, I was able to say, oh, yeah, my name is Paul Coliani, and I went to this school, and I did this. And um, it was easy after that. It was easy because the anxiety wasn't the obstacle. At that point, so I was able to introduce myself after I purged the emotion. And boy, when you get rid of those obstacles, you can think clearly, you can do what you need to do. There's no obstruction in the flow inside of you. But when there is that anxiety feeling or awkward feeling or that buildup of negative pressure, negative emotional energy inside of you, It's very difficult to be yourself. It's very difficult to be authentic. It's very challenging to show up in a way that you feel comfortable. And I didn't. I felt so uncomfortable. This is why I'm encouraging you to be able to feel what's going on inside of you and just put it on the table. Hey, you know what? We're having this conversation. I'm having these feelings. I just wanted to put it out there and just let you know I'm having these these feelings, You can't do that with everyone. Not everyone's going to want to talk about feelings. And it's too bad. I I wish more people would. But uh, hopefully you have friends and people you love and trust that you can share something like that with. And they'll say, wow, okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, I don't want you to feel like that. Absolutely. Let's get to the bottom of that. Let's talk about it. And it doesn't have to be a deep psychotherapeutic dive into yourself. It could just be that opportunity to express what's going on inside of you. So, with this person who wrote, you said the perfect thing. I think I'm going to bring it up with her and talk about this awkwardness. I guarantee you, once you talk about the awkwardness, the awkwardness, it fades away. Unless you don't bring it up. (laughs) I mean, if you skirt around the issue, well, I'm having these feelings and I'm not sure how to feel, you may not have that dissolve as fast as you want. But if you say, you know what, when we're saying goodbye, I feel awkward. I feel like I don't know what to say. I mean, try to be as authentic as you can. Try to be as honest as you can so that it hits at the heart of the matter. Like you are really defining the emotion that's going on inside of you or the thoughts and feelings that you're having. You put it out there just to recognize it, to acknowledge it, to validate it. And hopefully you're with someone that loves you and supports you and wants you to feel better. And they say, wow, I don't want you to feel awkward. Let's talk about that. Great. Or just tell me what's going on. Maybe you just want them to listen, and maybe that's what you can tell them. I just want you to hear this. I'm having these feelings. I'm having this awkwardness. And then maybe you'll get to a point where you can go, oh, now that I've expressed it, I feel better. I don't even know why it was awkward for me, because I don't have a problem now saying goodbye. I could just say, hey, talk to you later. If it was awkward before, it may not be awkward now. She could say the same thing, and it may not be awkward again. And I teach this with anxiety all the time. If you are anxious, and let's just say, I, I like to use a first date example. You are anxious, you're nervous, you have all this pent-up negative energy, and you're with someone on a first date, and they're, they're feeling awkward too, I'm sure, or they're anxious too, who knows. Um, or maybe they look confident, and that makes you feel even more anxious or more awkward. I think it's so healthy, and it breaks the ice just to say, you know what? This is making me feel anxious. You know, going on a first date is anxiety inducing enough for me anyway. So I just wanted to share that with you. I'm I'm gonna say eight times out of ten, the other person's gonna go, oh, I'm so glad you said that because I feel the same way. I just didn't want to say anything. I didn't want you to think I was insecure. I didn't want you to think that I was some sort of loser. So I'm so glad you said it. I mean, this is what happens when we're vulnerable with people. We allow ourselves to be vulnerable, and it allows them to be vulnerable too, most of the time. Some people are jerks. (laughs) Some people, if it's a first date and they turn out to be a jerk, then they're not going to have that kind of response, but at least you get to weed them out early. Uh, You don't have to date that person anymore if you don't want to. But for the most part, the kind, caring, generous, loving, supportive people are going to want you to feel good. They're going to want you to be comfortable, and they're going to support you. No matter what you say, they're going to say, Oh, wow, I I didn't know you felt that way. You know, is it something I'm doing? Is there something that we can talk about? And you're going to feel better. You're going to feel the support coming at you from the right people. The right people will throw that support at you and love you and care about you enough so that they want you to feel better. So that was the first email. I want to thank this person for writing. I hope this helped. And I think you're on track. I don't think really I told you anything new because you already said you're going to talk to her about it. So, You know, good job. You're going to talk it out, hash it out, and figure it out. So I'm sure it'll go well. Thanks for writing. And I'll be right back after this message. And we'll go into another email right after this. at the rise of COVID cases in the U.S. and, you know, you see this stuff happening and I like to think that I'm a pretty stable person. You know, I think I am. (laughs) I think I'm a pretty stable person, but it doesn't mean I'm not feeling the effect of more lockdowns and more social distancing and not being able to go out and be with other people or around other people without dressing up in my hazmat suit. It gets to you. It really does. It can get to the best of us. There are times where you just want to pull your hair out. And what do you do when you don't have anywhere to go? You don't have anyone to talk to or you just can't find someone to help you through these issues? Well, you know, this show exists, of course, and other resources exist, of course. And I've talked about them before, but BetterHelp also exists. BetterHelp is a a safe and private online therapeutic environment. It is a place that you can communicate with a professional counselor and send messages to them. You can talk to them on the phone. You can talk to them through video chat. And what better time for BetterHelp to exist than during a time where you really might have to stay home. Because meeting one-on-one is sort of what we're told not to do. So if we can't meet one-on-one, but we need somebody there to help us through like our stress or anxiety or relationships or family conflicts or grief or self-esteem issues, even if you're dealing with something like depression, all of these things, LGBT matters, all of these challenges that we could go through that might feel overwhelming. And maybe you could listen to a hundred of my shows and still not get the exact thing you're looking for. This is why a a service like BetterHelp is so valuable, so important, because they can help you get to the heart of the issue. The the therapist that you work with can help you one-on-one directly and in the security and privacy of your own home. And A lot of people appreciate that. They like that feeling of safety of being in their own space and uh, being able to email or phone call or even video chat. Some people... Love the video chat. I love video chat when I do this kind of stuff. But if you're looking for affordable, non-traditional counseling, this service is available worldwide. See what they have to offer. There's a broad range of expertise available and financial aid is available. So I want you to check out their website over at BetterHelp. That's H E L P dot com. Forward slash brain. That's betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Join over one million people taking charge of their mental health. Welcome back. Let's get to another email. I'm not going to read you the whole thing. There's just a couple of lines I want to read. This uh, woman wrote to me and developed a relationship with another woman. It was her friend for a while, and they realized, hey, maybe there's something more than just a friendship. And so they tried it out for a few months, and the other woman said, you know, I'm just not ready. You know, you seem so confident, and you seem so self-assured, and uh, you just seem so much farther than I am in your personal growth, so I'm not ready for this relationship. A, I mean, what a courageous thing to say to be able to admit that you need more work and that you need to, or maybe she didn't say that exactly, but I'm just not where you are and I I might need to continue my journey and maybe I need to do some healing. Maybe I do need more work. I think that's amazing that somebody can say that. To, somebody can actually have a self-realization like that. So. No, kudos to that person. And then she said, you know, you don't have to wait for me. I don't want you to wait for me. I need to do my own work. I need to do my own thing and move on and figure out uh, what's going on in my life. And um maybe we'll get together, maybe not, but don't wait for me. And so uh the person who wrote to me, she said, Okay, you know what? I'm not gonna wait for you. This is good. I mean, she didn't say this exactly, I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, but she told me, I'm not waiting, and I'm gonna move on. And This situation also made me realize that I have some work to do, you know, because she has worked on herself too, a lot. In fact, she said, I've been listening to your show for three years, every single episode. I get excited every time I see another episode and I just can't wait to listen to it. And I listen to Love and Abuse, your other podcast, and I go to therapy. So she is doing everything she possibly can. I like to look at it as exhausting all resources. And in this case, exhausting all resources for your own improvement. And this is what she's doing. She's exhausting everything she can to work on herself and improve herself. And she got into a relationship and she sees this relationship, even though it didn't work out the way they both hoped. She sees it as a learning opportunity, as a healing opportunity because there was pain there and as a growing opportunity. And she's looking at it in a very adult way. I mean, I think she said she was 25 or something. At 25, I was like 15. (laughs) Now, I've said this before, and some people know this is true, that adult men are usually 10 years younger, and adult women are usually their age. <laughs> so a 25-year-old guy, he's still a teenager, sometimes older. I know there's guys out there that definitely do act wiser than I did at 25, uh, but women, they, they usually grow up faster. They're more mature. So I look at this as someone who's actually treating this as they should, as this learning, growing, and healing opportunity. And uh, because of that, it does help her move on. And even though there's some, I'm sure, pain in there and grieving the end of the relationship in there, she still knows that it's most important to take care of herself and move forward, especially because this other woman said, look, don't wait for me. And that's great. I mean, that gives her direction because some people don't get that type of a specific comment. Some people might say, well, you know, wait around for me and hopefully I'll get better and just, you know, we'll just wait it out and see what happens. I can't tell you how much I can't stand that. (laughs) It happens all the time where people say, well, I'm not sure what I want. And uh, I mean, I know I'm not trying to make fun of you. If you do this, I've done it myself. I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm just saying it's very difficult when somebody says, I don't know what I want and I'm not sure. Hey, will you not date anyone else until I know what I want for sure? Because you are left waiting and it feels like a rut for weeks and months and maybe longer. And I tell you what, if you're on the waiting side, if you feel like you have to wait for the other person, you're doing it wrong. I'm just going to put it out there. You're doing it wrong. I'm 99% sure I could be 1% wrong with some people out there, and I apologize if that's you, but for the most part, 99% of you who decide to wait for someone else to get their act together or get into a space where they're ready are doing it wrong. And I tell you that because people who tell you to wait for them, you usually wait indefinitely statistically speaking, using my own statistics from the couples I've worked with for many, many years now, I've seen that when somebody says, you know, I'm just not sure, I I need to figure things out, that they end up waiting indefinitely for the person. So I'm just telling this to this other person who wrote to me that, yes, it's great that you are moving on, but if you can fully accept That she won't come around then it will help you release this if you're dealing with that I mean she did ask a question I'm gonna go over in a moment but um, if you're dealing with any type of well should I wait you know maybe I shouldn't date you know just in case don't go in that direction I know it's easy for me to say hard to do but I'm telling you right now if you choose to wait you may wait indefinitely and how much of your life are you gonna put on hold waiting for someone else and it sounds cold when i say that i know because someone else may need time absolutely they may need some space they may need a lot of things and they also may lose you as a potential partner in the process but that is still their journey that is still what they might need to go through if they are serious about improving themselves they're going to make an appointment the next day to, to seek therapy. They're going to tune into shows like this and listen to it hours and hours every day or read self-help or you know find someone to help them through their issues, their struggles. If they are really serious about changing because they want to be your partner and they see the huge potential of your togetherness, then they're going to move mountains to make it happen. But if you don't see that on day one, day two, day five, day ten, it might be time to move on. So I'm putting it out there knowing that yes, there are circumstances where waiting might be an option, but most people will be disappointed if they wait. So let me, let me get to this person's question and see if um, this kind of covers what I'm saying or not. I forget her question. She said, the problem was I was ready and she was not, and you can't make anyone be ready. And truthfully speaking, I want someone who knows what they want, especially when it comes to a relationship. I wonder what your thoughts are on this. Okay, so there's the question. She's saying that I want someone who knows what they want in a relationship. My thought on that is absolutely. Why not? That is a fantastic way to look at it. You know what that says? It says you won't settle for anything less than what you want. You won't settle because there's too many people out there settling. They'll say, well, at least I'm in a relationship, and now they're miserable. And they could be in in the relationship for years and years. At least I'm in a relationship, at least I'm not lonely, but now they're miserable. So there are people like this, and if you're in that situation, I'm sorry, and I wish I could have helped you see what was gonna happen sooner. But if you're thinking about getting into a relationship, and "Eh, they're good enough, I guess it'll be fine, at least I'm not lonely, I just want you to consider be careful about the commitment. I don't have a problem if people get into relationships. I mean, if they know it's not going to work out and it's just a temporary thing and they just want to be with someone, great. The only problem I have is when you get locked into a relationship, you have kids, you get the mortgage, you get married and you really never liked the person, but it's good enough. I start to worry about that if you're not happy. I mean, yes, you can be in a quote, good enough Relationship and be happy enough. And you could be fine for the rest of your life like that. Some people can do that, and that's great. I think a lot of people can do that. Hey, you know, it's good enough. I found someone that's good enough, and I'm in a situation that makes me happy enough, and I'm okay with that. And that's great. I'm talking about the people that get into a relationship that say, well, it's better than being alone. That's not even good enough. (laughs) It's not even anything. It's just, It's better than being alone. It's like the opposite of good enough. It's just not bad enough. It's just not awful enough to get out of the relationship. And this is what I'm talking about when you settle for something that's just not bad enough. That is what concerns me is that you might get into a situation like that. Now, I don't think she feels that way about this person that she was with for a while, but she is asking my thoughts. On wanting somebody who knows what they want. It's very difficult. I will say this it's very difficult to find someone that knows exactly what they want in a relationship. It is. Not everyone is going to write down their perfect match, you know, the perfect relationship. Some people do. My girlfriend, before we met, she did. She refused to settle for anything less than what was on her list. And yes, She was willing to wait years and even die single. That's how committed she was. A lot of people don't want to do that, but that's how committed she was. She was so committed, she wrote her list and said, I will not settle for anything less than this. And then I show up. (laughs) And that sounds like a segue, but it's not. It's not because I met all of her criteria. I didn't. I did not meet all of her criteria, but I met enough. And to her, that was good enough. Yes, I have one of those, quote, good enough relationships, but I wouldn't call it that. I'm only basing the good enough on her criteria. She tells me this is the best relationship she's ever been in. And to me, this is the best relationship I've ever been in. This has everything I need. I'm not emotionally triggered. We get along. We talk about stuff. We express stuff. Everything I'm looking for in a relationship that I didn't even know I'm looking for, I got into this relationship not knowing what a perfect relationship was. I got into this relationship not knowing exactly what I wanted. So in answer to this person's question, what do I think about looking for someone who knows what they want in a relationship? I think it's important, but it's not vital. I think it's helpful, but it's not necessarily required. But I would question because you may have to find out what their ideal relationship looks like. When you're in the phase of getting to know each other, those are the questions you want to ask. In fact, you may want to write down what your perfect relationship is. You know, must be honest, must make me laugh. I must be attracted to them. Um, they must like sci-fi movies. You know, All this list, all these must-haves. I think in my uh, mean workbook, I have a perfect partner worksheet. And there's one column that says must-haves. And the second column says would be nice. And the third column is must not have or must not be or must not do or something like that. And as you go through and list all your must haves and your would be nices, you know, it would be nice if they were a multimillionaire, it would be nice if they were a model, if it would be nice at this and this and this. And then the must not have, they must not be addicted to such and such. They must not yell at me when they get angry. They must not this, must not this, whatever your criteria is. After you create that list, you'll know what you want. So you'll be able to ask questions to a potential partner in a way that helps them find an answer in the way you ask it. And so an example of that is, let's just say that you're talking about your must-haves. You can ask the person, well, what are you looking for in a partner? What do you really appreciate? What do you love in a partner? And you can find out what their criteria is. Now, hopefully, they're not one of these people that just listen to you and then tell you everything you want to hear. (laughs) you got to watch out for that too. Don't get stuck in that trap. As a former people pleaser, I can tell you, if I know what you want, I am going to fit that criteria, at least in the past. So if you are asking me these questions, so what is your ideal partner? my people-pleasing skills would kick in and I would be able to extrapolate from them what they are looking for in a partner and I would become that person. I would be the chameleon. We want to watch out for people like that. So we don't want to give them too much information ahead of time. Hopefully you don't run into people like that. I'm just kind of throwing it out there because I was that person. So I know it can happen. But what are you looking for in a partner is a perfectly valid question. What are you looking for in a relationship? Another valid question. So you can kind of extract these must-haves and would-be-nices and must-not-haves from them, and they may never have thought about it too much. They may have been like me all my life, where I just get into a relationship, and if we get along, great, we continue moving forward. That's that's been me for a long time. So my thoughts on wanting somebody who knows what they want in a relationship—that's a would-be-nice, but The chances of that happening are probably slimmer than not, so you might have to kind of get it out of them if they don't know, but don't hold it against them if they don't know, and just be aware that when you're having a conversation with a potential partner, just be aware of any red flags. Like If you really, really like this person, and then they mention, you know, my ex and I didn't get along, and she was so awful, and she said this, and she said that, that could be a red flag, or it could be true. You kind of have to connect the dots and figure out, okay, was his or her ex a problem because this person's a problem, or was his or her ex a real problem? And so you don't want to like accuse the person and say, well, maybe it's something you did, but you just want to connect the dots. You want to keep your radar on, and even though you like someone, you don't automatically dismiss things. You don't automatically say, well, maybe it's not what I think, or that poor person. You might actually feel sorry for them, or like they're the victim. We want to be careful how sucked in we get into a potential relationship until we know enough, and that could take weeks, that could take months. Because as soon as you fall in love, if you're one of those type that likes to fall in love and commit and be so close and bonding immediately, you might be more tolerant of the red flags. Well, you probably will be. You'll probably be more tolerant of the red flags. And this is why I like to say just take it slow. Keep your radar on. And everything that looks good, great. You know, add those to the good points. And then if something doesn't feel right, don't be afraid to explore it, you know, subtly and figure out where they are and make sure that uh, you're in alignment with it. Because it's really not about finding someone that knows exactly what they want in a relationship. It's more about you finding someone who matches your criteria. And I think that's what it comes down to. That's my answer to you is that when you are seeking a relationship, when you want to find a potential partner and they're not sure what they want, then decide if they are what you want. Cuz you're going to learn that pretty quick, especially if you know exactly what you want. So that's why I say it's great for you to have that list. So when you meet someone, yeah, you can talk about what they want and figure out what they want. Absolutely, it's you know, a necessary thing. You want to make sure you're compatible in a lot of ways. And you figure out, hey, is this person being honest? You know, you might even try to rub some salt in some wounds that you don't know are there. What does that mean? That means if they have any type of emotional trigger, I'm not saying that you should do this, but if I were doing this, if I were especially a woman and I was really careful about who I dated, I would probably gauge how much I was letting them get to see me and talk to me. This actually might be out of the book, The Rules. I don't know if you've ever heard The Rules. The Rules talk about, I think my girlfriend told me about this. She said one of the rules is don't call him back. I think it's like between men and women. Don't call him back for days. And she said, I don't necessarily agree with that rule. But what it does is you get to find out who they are when they're not getting their way. And I think that's a great lesson to learn when you're starting to date someone is finding out what happens when they don't get their way. If they don't get their way and they say, oh, please, come on, let's do it this way. Come on, come on. Now they're pushing your boundaries. Or if they don't get their way and they get angry and say, I can't believe you're doing this. Why would you do this? You know, I, I bought you flowers. Now they're being bullying and intimidating. I mean, these are some red flags that if you don't recognize them when I speak about them right now, you should We should because this is what happens in a relationship is that a kind, caring, generous, compassionate person will hear something like this, like, oh, please, please, please. And then they'll give in. But what you're really doing is you're allowing a boundary to be violated. You know, it may not be a full on boundary. Oh, yeah, they said please. And, you know, I I did give a little bit. But you got to remember no means no. And if you say no, I don't want to do that. And they don't honor that. That's going to be what happens in the future, too. And it only amplifies. So whatever you're feeling just a little bit in the beginning gets a lot worse. It does, unless you nip it. If you nip it and say, no, I said no. And they go, okay, no problem. I get it totally. Then you might be good. You know, that's great. Then they listen. They know that you're not a pushover. They know that no means no. And this allows you to keep your sanity. It keeps your integrity intact. It keeps your personality intact. It keeps you out of being in a controlling relationship. And that's important too. So I'm not sure if I answered the person's question who wrote this, but I hope this helped. I hope this helped. I think it is important to know what you want in a relationship. You probably shouldn't expect it from everyone, but as long as you know what you want, then you'll figure it out. You'll figure out who the right people are. And the fact that you are moving on and not waiting for this person, I think it's an excellent idea because as I always say. You never know. This may not be the beginning of a wonderful relationship with this person, but in 10 years, you could have a relationship with her. You might have to have other relationships before you're with this person. It could happen. So it doesn't mean it's over. Once I get into another relationship, it's over. It just means they're not ready now and the relationship is not going to happen now. So you do move on because you don't want to spend your life waiting. Spending your life waiting and staring at the phone and hoping they call and Oh, it's just miserable. I've been there. It's just an awful, awful place to be. And moving on helps you move on. It really does. You just move on. And the way I look at a relationship that didn't work out, if I continue thinking about it, yes, listen to my episodes on obsessive thinking. I just made one a week or two ago on obsessing about the ex. Definitely listen to that. And also, um, something I like to do is pretend that they said, I never want to see you again. Or, and this is something I personally do, I'm not suggesting it, I personally just visualize that they died, and I have no choice but to move on. Again, I'm not suggesting it, it's a little maybe morbid thought, but it really helps me reach closure, it really helps me move on. And so that's what I've done in the past, and if that works for you, great, I'm not suggesting that, but I hope this helps. You know, we talked about some stuff there, and I hope it helps. Anyway, we're going to go to our thank yous and goodbyes next. And during the closing of the show, I'm going to read one more email. So I will have been able to fit in three emails in this episode. Great. That's a good round number. Thanks for joining me. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you to head over to BetterHelp.com forward slash brain and get 10% off your first month off this excellent service. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P pcom forward slash brain. And I want to thank the patrons of the week. The patrons are the financial backers, the supporters of this show. They found value in this show and they wanted to give back and I appreciate them. Kate, she just joined. Really grateful to have you here, Kate. So generous. Nikki just joined as well. So wonderful to have both of you here. Thank you for joining. Thank you for your support. Victoria joined in 2019. Amazing. Thank you for continuing your support. Christy and Crystal, both in 2018. You've been here for so long and uh, Crystal has... I don't know if she has two subscriptions going on there. Crystal, you may want to check your subscriptions, but uh, there's two things going on there. But I just want to thank you both, Christy and Crystal. And of course, Karen, oh my God. Karen, you've been here since 2017. And I am so, so grateful to you and to all patrons. If I haven't called your name, I will soon enough because I get reports every week about who's in the program and who's joined. And uh, I am so grateful, so appreciative. It keeps the show going and is definitely what, Pays for the hosting and the equipment and the time and all this other stuff that goes into this program. And I just appreciate all of you. So, anyone that's a patron member, I am grateful for you. And if you find value in this show and you want to give back, head over to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com and you can show your support there. And of course, joining the patron program, I also give back. There's Uh, private episodes and workbooks and worksheets and um, some show addendums and the video archive and all kinds of things in the patron program that you can check out as well. So you're not just a financial supporter. You're also, I'm also giving back to the supporters of the show. So again, thank you, patron members. I am grateful for all of you. And I also want to thank this person who wrote a review that said better than any counselor. I don't think that's true, but (laughs) I'll take it. She said, I can't rate this podcast highly enough. I've had mental health issues for years now, and only recently have I begun to make improvements purely through listening to this podcast. It's so helpful to try to understand and interpret why your brain might be thinking a certain way, and Paul explains this so well. Amazing advice, great use of personal experience, and interesting to listen to. And uh, I think she said she emailed me once and I love listening to his podcast and I feel like I'm learning and growing so much. Thank you. And thank you, Haley511 at Apple Podcasts and Great Britain. Oh, this is not from Great Britain. I have a lot of listeners in the UK. Good to hear from you in the UK. I, I know you're listening and uh, people in Australia and Canada and all kinds of other countries. I know you're listening, and I am grateful for you. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for this review. I am humbled by it. I don't think I'm better than any counselor, (laughs) but again, I am humbled by it, and as long as you're learning, healing, growing, and evolving, I don't care how it happens. I'm so glad that you're on a good path, and you're getting what you need. Thank you again. And I mentioned it earlier, Love and Abuse. If you aren't familiar with my other podcast, it's called Love and Abuse. And it's not about abuse in the sense that you might think. It's emotional abuse. It's control. It's manipulation. It's a lot of the mental games that people can play on you, typically in romantic relationships, but also in family and friendships sometimes and work environments and wherever you're around groups of people. There's always somebody that is playing some sort of head game, some mental game, and making you feel crazy or just making you feel bad or guilty or ashamed. They play all these games to keep you in a lower position, an inferior position, so that they can keep their control. And I talk about that stuff over at Love and Abuse, so if you're interested in anything like that, or if you think you might be in an emotionally abusive relationship, head over to loveandabuse.com. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetec.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And like I said, I'm going to read you the last email. I have not prepped for this at all. (laughs) So I'm going to search for one, fairly short one here. And uh, I'm going to make it a challenging one. I don't really have an answer for this one. And this is uh, something that I saw a few weeks ago and um, been thinking about it. This person wrote, I'm in constant conflict. I'm living away from my family And I need direction about what to do since this pandemic. My life has changed. No work, friends. And friends that you thought were friends are not there for you. I just need some direction. I'm getting a little depressed. I'm alone. And I'm also a widow. Thank you. I mean, that's such a challenge. Thank you so much for sharing that. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You know what? I don't have the magic pill. We are kind of all going through this in our own way, trying to figure out what to do. Some of us do have friends. Some of us can't connect with friends the way we used to. Some of us have family that we can talk to. Some of us live with people, and you sound like you're alone, and it's sad, and I I get it. I get it. And I want to tell you that my part in helping you is trying to connect with you, trying to be there for you, like I'm right there with you, talking to you, right next to you, wanting to connect with you, wanting you to know that even though I don't have the answer, I am listening. I can hear you. Yes, through this podcast, I can hear you, but you wrote to me and I I hear that. I hear that and I feel it, I feel what you're going through and I want to let you know that I'm sympathetic and empathetic. I can relate to that in some ways and I may not be able to relate to it in other ways. I know what loneliness feels like. I think we can all agree we know what loneliness feels like, but maybe not to the extent you're feeling. Maybe it's hard to express how lonely you really are, how lonely you really feel. So I'm here to say that I get you. I hear you. I am here for you. I am listening. And there are other people that listen too. You know, There are people in my Facebook group. It's called the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment Group, and it's on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, and maybe you do or don't want to create a profile, I'm not saying you can create a fake one, but uh, (laughs) you could. If you don't want to be on Facebook, I'm not saying that you should, but people have done it, and I'm not going to talk them out of it. Um, And you can join that group. I just had a post on there the other day that said, you know what? I consider this place, the safest place on the internet. And I had to update the rules to make sure that I'm trying to cover every possible scenario where somebody might make it unsafe. And so, you know, I have a group description and I updated the description. And I said, you know, I I really want this place and I really believe it is the safest place on the internet. And people will sometimes pour their heart out in the posts they create there. There are lonely people in that group, but they don't feel as alone or maybe they don't feel alone at all when they share this stuff. It's just like I was saying earlier, when you're able to share something, express it, give your emotions a voice to anyone that will listen. That can be one small step, maybe, maybe a big step, but at least one small step toward feeling Just a tiny bit better. Because I guarantee you that no one can come up to you and say, oh, you're feeling lonely and depressed and you're a widow. It's okay. No one can do that. I mean, they can do that, but it's not going to work. It'll be okay. Don't worry. It'll be okay. That's not going to work for a lot of people. That doesn't work for me. Hey, it'll be okay. Don't worry. I think that's maybe a little dismissive. I mean, there's good intention behind it. In fact, I heard somebody say it today. It's okay. You know, your wife has cancer. God bless. She'll be fine. We don't know that. I mean, we don't know. I just heard this in a store with my girlfriend, and she was commenting on it. And I was like, wow, that's true. I mean, we don't know that. Why, Why do people say that? Because people have good intentions. People really do want you to feel better. And they say things like that in hopes that you will. They want to give you hope. They want to give you faith. They want to give you something positive to hold on to. But sometimes, you know, you might have to hear that, yeah, right now is a lonely time. I hear you. I hear you. You are lonely. You deserve to say that you are lonely. You have every right to feel bad and you have every right to feel hurt. You should be able to express that freely without someone going, hey, 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 listen up. Don't be so down. I mean, if it works for you, great. If somebody's saying, hey, you know, everything's going to be fine. If that works for you, I don't want to take that away from you. I'm just saying that sometimes you're, you're in such a deep, dark, hurtful place or lonely place or sad place that you don't want someone to dismiss it. You just want someone to validate it. You just want somebody to realize what your truth is, what you're experiencing. And this person who wrote, I hear you. I am listening. And thank you for sharing that. My heart is with you. I can feel you. I know you're going through a lot. I know it. And I do want to say, hey, you know what? Everything will be fine. Well, why would I do that? How do I know? I don't know. All I know is what we have today, right now, right in front of us. What can we take advantage of today? that might help us, that might give us a little boost in the right direction. Right now, that's what I have to offer on Facebook. I mean, it's a free group. But if you go to Facebook and find the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment Group, just ask to be let in. And um, maybe you can share this in the group. Maybe you can just post and say, you know what, I'm lonely. I just want to share that. And at least there are other people, and I've seen this over and over again in this group, There are other people that will go, yeah, I know exactly what you're going through. I feel that too. And then suddenly you're not alone in your loneliness. And that does change loneliness. That does change it. So I hear you. I wish I had some solution. I wish I had a magic pill. I mean, there are a lot of things that I can tell you to help you feel more positive. Like this too shall pass. I think that's a great quote. And it does help me. Because I look at my past and I remember being in situations that I knew would never end. And I knew I would never be happy. I knew it. I was in those situations where I knew that no matter what happened, that I was going to stay unhappy. And then one day I was happy. It took a while. I mean, one time it took years. But it did pass. And that might be depressing to hear. Take years? What? No, sometimes it doesn't. I'm just saying, for me, I really believed it wouldn't happen. And I had bad thoughts. I had suicidal thoughts. I'll admit, it was a long time ago. And when I got through it, because of you know a lot of work I had to do on myself, a little therapy I had to go through because I went through a relationship breakup and I was in depression and you know I had so much riding on the relationship. All my happiness was from that person. So I didn't know how to create my own happiness. I didn't know how to be my own best friend. I didn't know how to be my own anything because I relied on people too much to fulfill me and, um, give me energy and give me strength. And so it was very hard to rely on myself, but I did it. I went through it. I, I just trudged through the mud every freaking day and just got through it. I got through it. So That's what I look at, is that this too shall pass. And if this helps just to continue trudging through that mud as hard as it is, so that someday you can look back and go, you know what? That was a hard time. That was one of the worst times I've ever had. And here I am today. But trudging through the mud is still forward momentum. It's still moving in the right direction. And that's what I want you to do. Just continue Moving in the right direction, continue doing something small every day toward a better perspective of yourself, toward a better relationship with yourself, toward working on your mental strength and your mental health, and continuing to move to the place that you want to be. And It may seem like you'll never get there, but just keep moving forward. Thank you so much for writing this and thank you for joining me today. For a lot of people, these are tough times, and I want to let you know that uh, I am with you. I hear you. I feel you, and I hope you can feel me too. I hope we are connecting through this in some deeper, maybe spiritual way. We are all connecting through this, and on the other side of it, we can look back and go, Wow, do you remember when that happened? Do you remember when that happened? And looking back and being so grateful for what we have now. I would like to have that with you. So let's move into this space as I close the show. And I remind you to keep an open mind so that you can step into your power. This will help you be firm in your decisions and actions. So that you're always moving forward to create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing.